Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. We're going to continue our series today on The Lord is With You in Full of Grace, and we're looking at Christmas from Mary's perspective. Before we go to the scriptures, which you'll be going to Luke chapter 1, if you would go there and we're going to read verse 28 in a moment, I I want to say that I believe that we are really entering into a time of history. And history can be read, it could be watched, but I believe God is calling us personally and as a church to begin to help write history. This is, I I sense as we are ending 2023, this is one for the history books. What have happened in this year, I'm shocked and I'm puzzled, but as we're entering into 2024, not just because it's an election year, I believe something's happening on the scale of redemption. And when God is getting ready to change or turn the page, he looks for a people. He looks for individuals. And I don't know about you, but I want to know my peace. Our family was never one of those families who put puzzles together. I mean, if we did, it was like a Mickey Mouse puzzle that had 12 pieces. Those families who put like the 3,000 piece puzzles, we hate you. We're not that family. And, but, but I can do the corners and we kind of try to frame it in. And after that, it, I, I don't know. And Becky's always trying to look at the box. Can I say, I want to be able with the lens of the Holy Spirit and the filter of scripture, I think we could begin to interpret what is gonna be happening in the days ahead. And I wanna play my part. I wanna do my piece in making redemption history. And I think from the youngest to the most mature, we're all going to be involved. And I just want to say right now, our church isn't just going to be any other church. We are going to have a part in the end time, the awakening, the reviving of all of California, because as California goes, so does our nation and so does our world. Can you say amen? And how many of you ever had the Lord put something in your heart and your heart goes, yes, yes, but your mind goes, no, no, this is stupid. How many of you ever had that experience? You had a yes and a no at the same time. And for the record, if God is showing you something, if you're not terrified, it's probably your own dream and not the dream of God. Can you say amen? Well, we're going to begin to look at uh, Mary and an angel comes and he greets her. And greetings throughout the world, uh, they have uh, some significance. For example, if you go to Tibet, which is a cool place, and they stick out their tongue at you, they think that is a gesture or greeting of respect and honor. I so want to try that with a politician I didn't vote for. No, no, sir, no, ma'am, I'm honoring you, amen. Now, another one, the Maasai tribe in Kenya, which I've been to Kenya, been to Nairobi, been to Kakamega, which is on the border of Uganda. The way they greet you, they spit on you. 
you know, which made me think of Ace Ventura number two, remember? Chicago, Shawshank Redemption, Chicago, you're out of there. You know, I mean, if you ever see it. And he greets uh, the chief of the tribe in this movie. He didn't spit. He had a massive loogie, you know, in the the tribe master's face. Have you ever seen that, ladies? That is a cool movie. Kind of racy. Don't watch it. But I just told you the best part. Amen? Look at your neighbor say, shakaka. No. Now, listen, there is a connection with the way God greets you in the way you think of yourself. And the way you think of yourself is very important. And we must know this, God had not spoken through a prophet or an angel for 400 years. How does he break the silence? An angel appears to a girl in Nazareth. It would be, can anything come from Santa Paula? Yes, Santa Paula is going to be revived. Okay, I'm going to say it in Spanish. Fuego, Spiritu Santos, ahora in Santa Paula. Don't call minimal what God calls great. Anything can come out of Santa Paula. Revival will happen there. Can you say amen? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 28. And it says this in Luke 28, and we love this verse. It says, and having come in was Mary... And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. So he says, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. I love the Darby translation. It says this, hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And again, he breaks his silence by making this phrase, hail, full of grace. Now, when angels meet with believers, now you need to get this. I believe right now, in our nation, angels are surrounding the borders of this nation. I believe on the East Coast, there's an angel speaking as the one did in Revelation, with the foot on the sea and the foot on the land, and he says, glory, honor, might, and power to this nation. Whatever the media or the world or secularists are saying or the enemy, God will say the opposite. And when he's about ready to shift, and I feel a shift in our nation, and I'm not talking just about politically or what's happening in Israel, I am talking about histories being made. And I feel a stirring within me, I'm not missing this one. I want something pronounced over my life, over your life, over this church's life, over this region's life, over this state's life. What is God saying? Think about it. The world was in turmoil. What does he do? He goes to the land of Ur, which was a land filled with idolatry. And he calls a man by the name of Abram. And when an angel appears to Abram, he says, your name now will be Abraham, you not only will be successful, you're going to be called 
fruitful. And even though your body is good as dead and Sarah is past the age of producing a child through you, your seed, all the world will be blessed. And I don't know about you. I feel like God's coming to our church and he's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. Come on. I want ears to hear. I want my heart to begin to absorb what is God declaring over you and me? And you know what? I have a hunch. I think it is full of grace because whatever you're full of is going to shape you, mold you, direct you. And I don't want to be just full of anything. Look at your neighbor and say, you're full of it. But you may not know what you're full of because that's what has the power to direct you or misdirect you. I have a hunch that this church is going to be used mightily, not just Pastor Steve, but I feel a stirring. I want to be used. I want God to take my obedience, little steps here and there, and where the big step comes. That, that big thing for God. Can you say Amen. And we really love that. Now, you must know this again when he spoke to Moses. What happened? They were in bondage for over 400 years. He's gone up the mountain. He has his father-in-law's sheep. A bush is on fire. It's not consumed. The angel of God is in the bush. And he says, Moses. But this, he does not call someone's name. He called David by name, Joshua by name. This one, he says, hail, full of grace. And I want you to know this, that would become her name and title, that she would be full of grace. And why does that matter? Because of what follows, that what God is calling us to do, and I want you to really ponder, there are people here and online that God has been moving on your mind and heart, a new direction in life, something your part to play. I do not want to live and breathe my last and not fulfill God's will for my life. I have a sense there is a destiny for all of us that we can change California. Can you say amen? <laughs> Thank you for that overwhelming golf clap. I really love it when you participate. Go with me to John 1, and we're going to read verse 14. Mary, her title is called Full of Grace, and this tells us something of her part in redemptive history. And her part is to birth eternal life because eternal life would come in her, the son of God. And I love what it says. She's called full of grace, but John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the father. Get this, full of Grace. Can I say when you're full of grace, truth will be your reality. And there's dark times where many untruths or false things are being declared over us. I don't care what's been declared over you. You have a new name. You have a new calling. You have a new chance. And what God is calling you to do is not based on you. It's based on what God has put within you. It is Jesus, the Savior of the world. Can you say Amen. 
And can I say, which really, when we are full of grace, the natural thing that's going to hit us, we're going to say what Mary said, and it's her fiat. Now, a fiat is not a car. Well, it is, but it's not. In Latin, it simply means, may it be according to me, according to your will. When we're pronounced full of grace, all of a sudden, we have a strong desire to obey God, to do his will. Can you say amen? Now, let's go to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 28 again. Then we're going to look at verse 29. God has a unique call for every one of us. Why does Mary, full of grace, matter? Because, write this down, it is a history-making moment. There would never be another woman before or after that would be like Mary. Her name in Hebrew is Miriam or Maria or Mary. She begins to sing her Magnificent in Luke when she goes to her relative's house, John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth. And she says this, my soul rejoices, it magnifies my God. Can I say in our worship here at City Church, California, we're here to magnify. God. We're not going to make the problems of this world big. We're going to make our God big. We're not going to make policies of people big. We're going to make God big. Then she says, my spirit rejoices in my Lord and Savior. She had God and her Lord and her Savior within her that we may have eternal life. And please get this, whenever God comes to you and I, if it doesn't terrify us, then it may not be God. If it doesn't overwhelm us, it may not be God. And this isn't just a woman who obeyed once. I have a hunch that all throughout her life, little steps of obedience, when the bill together offering came and the amount was more than you thought and it seemed crazy, Mary ended up doing that. You understand? And it prepared her, positioned her for a full of grace moment. And I don't know about you, I am watching what I declare over the state of California, over Washington, over Oregon. The West Coast will be revived. She will be awakened. There will be a move of God because we are here and we declare full of grace. Can you say amen? Everyone say full of grace. Now look at verse 29, and I love this. 29 says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored, or full of grace. The Lord is with you. 29 says, But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. It's one thing to have an angelic encounter. It's another thing to be troubled by his saying. And get this next part. She was troubled at what he said. And listen to this. Considered what manner of... Of greeting. I want to say, I do not think the will of God is a mindless obedience. God is not looking for us to be mindless and silly and stupid. But in the place of prayer, in intercession, and when we supplicate before our God, I'm reflecting as my grandchildren are going to be coming and my sons and their wives. And I actually was thinking of Mary. She truly is a woman of prayer. She models prayer for all of us. And I want to say, we all give our family, our children and grandchildren something. And many times, hopefully we were able to give them a financial 
physical inheritance. We were able to bless them. But I thought about it this morning. What I give my sons and my grandchildren is something that I have lived for over 40 plus years, and that is the model of prayer. And we're in the place of prayer. The presence of God is with you in a unique, remarkable way. And in that presence, the Lord is with you. He is going to declare something over you that was declared over you before you were born, before the earth was created, before there were angels and demons, sickness and war. God has something he's declared over you. And it may not be exactly what you or your family or your experience declared over you. But when he does, I pray it troubles us and it makes us consider our life and ponder it. Then we break out and we say, let it be to me according to your will. I am consumed with this encounter and this declaration. I can't shake it. If you can shake it, it's not God because God is unshakable. Amen. And I, I love this. Go to verse 34. She says in 29, she was troubled. She considered. Then Mary in 34 said to the angel, how can this be? I think when the Lord puts something on someone's heart, let's say it another way. I think right now, in the next few weeks, as we end this year collectively as a community of faith, if we begin to hear the same thing, that God is saying it is possible for this region of California to be saved. We should begin to say, how can this be? That we are coming out of pandemic. People, look, I just saw someone in a car by themselves with a mask on and the mask is down here. And I'm going, sir, it's not working. How can this be? We need a revival from Canada to Mexico. Are you with me? Do we not? And we need to begin to say, how can this be? That's when history is made. Now, I want you to go to Revelation. Go with me to Revelation chapter three. Everyone say, I am full of grace. Look at your neighbor, say, you're full of it. And it's working on you. And it's shaping you. And it's pulsating within you. I love Revelation three twelve. It says, he who overcomes, I will write on him. Please get this. The name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him a new name. This becomes Mary's name, full of grace. What is it that the enemy's telling you you're not qualified for? Can I say this statement, full of grace, qualifies her? They say the Catholic Church pushes it way, way to a certain point where they say she was born and conceived. 
in a unique way. Can I say in scripture, this statement is never given to a human being, but it means if God has called you, he will qualify you. You may say, well, how can it be? I've never known. He says, oh, the power of the most high is going to come upon you and overshadow you. And that which you conceive within will be the only begotten son, the son of God, the savior of of the world, Mary needed to be full of grace because the one she would birth is full of grace. And guess what? That's what the church is about. We're here to see the broken healed, the addicted free, California saved. Why? Because we are full of grace. Can you say amen? Now, I want to give you this, and we're going to end in a few minutes. This is Origen, an ancient church father. He said this. He said, the angel's greeting to Mary is unique. The angel greeted Mary with a new address, which he says, Origen said, which I could not find anywhere else in Scripture. I ought to explain this expression briefly. Hail, full of grace. I do not remember, he says it again, having read this word elsewhere in scripture, an expression of this kind, hail full of grace, is not addressed to a male. It's only addressed and reserved for Mary alone. And what it's saying that Mary is a beneficiary of God's goodwill. Now get this, when the angel appeared to her, He goes and he says, full of grace, it's written in the perfect tense, which means Mary does not become full of grace when he declared it. Please get this. Perfect tense mean she always was in that state. And that's why the Catholic Church begins to make phrases like an immaculate conception. I don't know about that, but there's one thing I clearly know. When God decrees a thing, no one could change that decree. And God is not decreed over his church, half grace, a little bit of grace, struggling grace. Grace. It's called provenient grace that even when you're unaware, even when you don't know, even when you haven't experienced, God has been looking out after you. And you know when we begin to experience grace in one little step of obedience. God is not asking you to go and change the world without one step of obedience. Abraham left country. Noah built a boat. Come on, David slew a giant. Abraham put his son on an altar. When we obey, heaven is released in the earth that we're living in. Our families could be changed. Our California can be changed. Can you say amen? Amen. Say full of grace. And I love it. Perfect tense that the angel is saying he finds Mary in a grace state that she will be full of grace, not because he showed up. It's now her reality. I remember, and I just want to say this, I am definitely, we're ending. Have you stand up in just a moment, so enjoy your seating right now. I am not the smartest person or the sharpest crayon in this church. I don't even feel bad about that, because I think if you're smarter, you're actually going to be judged more severely. I think if you communicate in any way, any position, James says not many of you should Assume to be a teacher or communicator because then you will be judged more strictly by what you say. 
I would say my life has been full of grace, but that grace has been realized, actualized by what I call many small steps of obedience. I'm so not the smartest person, but when God put it on my heart over 40 something years ago, I want you to go to this Christian university and I obeyed. It was the beginning of a life change forever. Then we go, I work for Procter & Gamble in a place of prayer, please, when God begins to pronounce over you, it should trouble you. It should frighten you. I'll never forget when he said, I've called you to be a youth pastor. I actually thought it was the devil. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. I have a degree in business. This makes no sense to the mind. He spoke right back to me. He said, you could go in the business world and I will bless you and you will be affluent. But I created you to shepherd and pastor this generation. And from that moment to the moment my youth ministry began to change and end, that I would be prepared to do what I'm doing now, it was simply an act of obedience. Can I say, I believe a journey with God begins with number one, being in a place of prayer. And here's Mary, who knows what she was doing. We can only assume this woman was just seeking God. She was engaged. She was engaged, they say, to an older man, Joseph. And all of a sudden, God breaks into her prayer time and he says something so unusual that he describes, he declares her state full of grace that God qualifies who he calls. And if God has called you, then don't you dare move just with an impression. Move with a confirmed impression. Mary had God speak to her fiance, Joseph, in a dream. Mary goes to her relative's house, Elizabeth. Elizabeth said, how can it be the mother of my Lord would come and visit? And John the Baptist even gave witness that he leaped and was filled with the spirit in Elizabeth's womb. Let God begin to confirm to you your destiny. I so happy that God is such an amazing God. I reflect on our church. I reflect on Becky and I's life. It's not one of just intelligence. It's one of sacrifice. It's one of experience, experiencing God. And I'm asking God right now, if that angel came in the most unusual, why? why? Why Nazareth? Why not Jerusalem? Why not at the Temple Mount? Because God is going to go where everyday people are. And he is going to speak and he's going to declare. I don't know what was spoken over you, but I come and I break anything that does not match what God declared over you. They said you weren't smart, doesn't matter. The God who is in you and called you is the smartest person I've ever met. They said, well, you don't have enough money. Oh, God's not broke. He's not El Chipo, he's El Shaddai. You said, well, I'm not sure how to do this. Neither was Mary, but the power of the Most High 
could come over California and families could be revived and renewed and healed and brought back together. Those whose life, maybe it was abuse of sorts and that person's still stuck as an adult trying to prove that they're not broken. Stop proving. Stop trying. God comes and he erases that and he declares something powerful, full of grace. Full of grace. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. How many of you ever got caught by one of the traffic cameras? Am I the only one? Hate the one on Victorian telephone. And I don't know, my eyesight cannot distinguish between yellow and red. So it was a green arrow and someone, a demon in front of me decides to break right in the middle of the turn, which delayed my turn, which I cannot control the light changing. Can I say, I sense a change happening in the church in our land. Churches that have fallen to the wayside trying to appeal to culture have not received an angelic visitation. California is gonna be revived. Let's get back to that traffic camera. The light flashed so brightly, I thought I had a seizure. Six weeks later, I'm, I'm guilty, I'm caught. Vic Famico, the former pastor of our Bible college, said, oh, Pastor Jude, that happened to me. He goes, I went before the judge. I showed him a picture of my older brother, my younger brother. And I said, we all look alike. How do you know it's me? And they threw the case out. He said, just bring a picture of who you look like. I go, okay, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Tie pin and team, move the bus, extreme home makeover. Okay, I don't care what you people say. Recently, someone said, Pastor Jude, you look like David Beckham. I go, way to go. You know that I do. Come on. I brought those three pictures. They didn't throw my case out. Actually, I had to go to traffic school. I paid Devin Wolf to go to traffic school for me. Oh my goodness. How can I be called? I'm lying and I'm breaking the law. You know what mercy is? Not getting what you deserve. Not getting, not because you finagle the system. God's a merciful God. And I need that mercy every day. That's not grace. It didn't say full of mercy. It said full of grace. Grace is getting what you never deserved. You know what that is? He qualifies the call. He doesn't call the qualified. Because then no one would be called, but he will qualify you. And if he tells you that your spoken word will go all over the world, girl, then cast your bread on the water and watch it come back to you. Because God's word will never fail.
Can you say amen? Stand to your feet. I want to declare this over us. Romans 5, 17. Will you put your hands like this? Romans 5, 17 says this. Look at me. I'll quote it. I, I know it. I know. It's what a bragamony. But I actually have read it. To know. You know what St. Jerome said? Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. The thing that drives me to read the Scripture is not a sermon. I want to know Christ. I want to be full of that. Romans 5.17 says, Through the abundance of grace. You can't be full of grace if you don't have an abundance of it. It means it's overflowing. It's oozing out. Mary, full of grace, affected all of us. She birthed eternal life. It says, through the abundance of grace, get this, and the gift of righteousness. When God, Isaiah, declares over you the grace of why you were created, he not only will change your name, your destiny, he will give you a gift, the gift of righteousness. The number one enemy of Christ's righteousness is not my sin. That's what he died for. It's my own self-righteousness. Me trying to get qualified for that which God called me for, made me for. And God saying, nope, I erase that board. I give you this because I have qualified you. The gift of righteousness. And it says, through the one, Jesus Christ, get this, we will reign in this life. Not the life to come only. I want to lead today. Amen. Let's declare that. Father, we come. And right now, Lord, we're willing to live in a tension. The tension where we're troubled about what you're saying because it's bigger than us. Lord, when you call us to that which you created, it should put a troubledness in our mind, knowing without you we cannot accomplish it. How can this be? How can this be? When you're full of Jesus Christ, who is grace, impossible things become possible. And I now declare over friends and relatives, people in this church, addictions break. Brokenness be healed. Inferiority, go. Shame, hit the wayside. Sin, hit the most high. And I declare, full of grace, over our family, over our friends, over this church, don't you worry about your child. Begin to pronounce what God pronounces over your child. Stop saying what the teacher said. Stop saying what the ex-boyfriend said. Start saying what God says. Full of grace. Full of grace. Mutter that. Full of grace. Say that. Full of grace. I drive that brokenness out of your mind. You will not judge yourself that way any longer. You're going to have a new view of you. God wants you to make a difference in history. God wants you to be a history maker. Stop looking to the past to define you. Let God define you now. Someone here, God's asking you to speak.
You wrestle back and forth. God says, not tomorrow. Now is the time. I have anointed your lips. Just right where you're at. My wife was a stutterer. She couldn't say her name. And on the floor of a church in Canada, God says, I have need of you to speak. And all of a sudden, she has this vibration on her larynx and throat and she's able to talk. God will qualify whatever he calls you to do. He'll take a stutterer and make him a preacher. What is it where you feel the worst? It's probably where he's calling you. What is it? Where is it where you feel the most deficient? He's calling you to that area and his grace will be sufficient for you. Now I'm going to count to three and on three, you need to give God every part of your heart. Surrendering to God isn't just believing in God. It's saying, I trust you with my mind and my heart and, and I want to obey you. That's why many of us gave in the bill together. We want to obey God. When I count to three, you're going to say, God, I'm giving you everything. My, my Mondays, my Fridays, my money, my music, my entertainment, my friends. I promise you, when you do, you will help make history in a way you've never dreamt. On the count of three, you're going to surrender your whole heart to Jesus Christ. One. And on three, you're just going to raise your hand. Two. Yes, it's personal. But then it goes private because of grace. Three. Right now, I'm surrendering my whole life right here. Anyone else? I surrender in the back. Thank you. In the back. Thank you. Anyone else? <laughs> Clap. Stomp. Shout. Everyone say this when you say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Thank you that you declare over me, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Amen. Now give the Lord a shout and a hand clap. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com and click give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.